When you're hiring, it feels amazing to finally close out a job search. But what if you could get rid of the search and just match? You can with Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites according to a recent Indeed survey. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Some people just know the best rate for you is a rate based on you with Allstate. Not one based on Carol. She's more focused on hitting a high note than the car in front of her. Why pay a rate based on anyone else? Get one based on you with DriveWise from Allstate. Not available in Alaska or California. Subject to terms and conditions. Rates are determined by several factors which vary by state. In some states, participation in DriveWise allows Allstate to use your driving data for purposes of rating. While in some states, your rate could increase with high-risk driving. Generally, safer drivers will save with DriveWise. Allstate Fire and Casualty Insurance Company and affiliates North Park, Illinois. Welcome to the Beaver Sports Podcast, presented by the Fearless Campaign in partnership with Toyota. Here are your hosts, Mike Parker and John Warren. Hi again, everybody, and welcome into this edition of the Beaver Sports Podcast. Mike Parker and John Warren, honored to be joined by a gold glove winner, a guy who finished third in the American League Rookie of the Year Award, uh, nine for 21 in the divisional series against the New York Yankees. Just a magical year. For one of our own and, and a young man we're so proud of, Stephen Kwan, our guest. Part of uh, this show brought to you by the Oregon State Alumni Association. Find your next mentor, career opportunity, glowing reference or introduction on the Oregon State University Beavers-only networking platform, OSU Connections. Enhance your Beaver network and advance your career. Get started at osuconnections.org. And a tremendous alum from our world, John, and Stephen Kwan joins us. Johnny? Stephen, I'm going to ask you if you remember this. <clears throat> you probably don't. First time I met Stephen, after we traveled, first year doing baseball, after we're done, the team scatters and goes over to that Albertsons in surprise. <laughs> and you and I were standing there by the, the deli, the chicken counter, getting some chicken and had a little conversation. That was the first time you and I met. 
No, I don't think I remember that at all. <laughs> I haven't heard Albertsons in a long time. <laughs> I must have just been in a daze after that. I was going over getting some food at I'm going at the grocery store. That's funny. In fairness, a lot has happened, probably, Johnny, since that day. Yeah. But, Stephen, it's always a, uh, an honor for us to connect back with you. When you think about the year that you had, and I just alluded to a couple of aspects of it, <laughs> what was it like to be part of the Guardians team, to be such an integral part of it? As you kind of reflect on it now and heading into another year getting started soon, what are your thoughts about how last year unfolded for you? Yeah, I mean, last year was obviously amazing. Uh, it's really hard to kind of put into words how it all unfolded. I mean, I really didn't think I'd have any impact in the big league level. Uh, I know I just wanted to make a good impression in spring training, you know, maybe be a September call-up just be kind of productive any way I can. And just from the beginning, you know, make breaking camp with the team and being told I made the team out of spring training was already unbelievable. Um, and I think just kind of keeping my head down, just never taking anything for granted, just trying to take it one day at a time, one pitch at a time, just, you know, like Case and all the guys taught us, like never getting too big, never looking too far in the future. It was, it was really cool. And especially with uh, Terry Francona being at the helm, it, it gave me a big sense of, of college baseball. So I was really appreciative of that and able to kind of uh, transition into that really well. And those, those first few weeks, uh, the first month was such a roller coaster ride of ups. And then May was a bit down. Was there any point Steven at, at where you were able to just breathe and not look over your shoulder where you felt like you were a guy, you're one of this, you're not getting sent down. You're, you're a main guy. Yeah. I think that was more into the later half of the year. I mean, probably up until like the, in August, um, kind of seeing some guys get sent up and down, kind of seeing what the organization was looking for, and then kind of breaking into my own as well, um, kind of getting a solidified role in left field and lead-off spot and doing my job there. I think it took a long time to stop looking over my shoulder and kind of have some of that anxiety of, like, playing for survival mode. Um, and I think there was still a little bit of that in the end. It was also surreal, but um, especially in that month of May, I mean, that was the word survival probably came up too often. And, you know, you want to tell yourself, you know, just keep playing the game. Everything will work like it does. But just a lot of, I mean, the mind plays terrible tricks when you're, when you're not doing too well. So um, around August, was, I think, was the time when things were able to kind of settle down. Stephen, you mentioned Terry Francona. I've only heard great things about him from people that have played for him and know him. Tell us a little bit about what that was like. And you said he kind of gave you a college baseball feel. What do you mean by that? Were there elements about his personality that it reminded you a little bit of Case? He appreciated what you did at Oregon State. I mean, what what do you mean by that? Yeah, no, I mean, first and foremost, Tito was an unbelievable impact on me, same as Case as well. Um, I mean, he's a jokester. He's one of the guys, but at the same time, he's uh, he'll keep you, he'll hold you accountable for a lot of things. Um, he doesn't he doesn't say too much. He doesn't just kind of over, overflow you with, you know, rah-rah stuff. But, like, once he talks to you and mentions a, a few key points, it, it, it sticks in your head. And he, I mean, he's got a ton of baseball wisdom with that. And it was cool kind of just first meeting him. He obviously went to Arizona, so we kind of had that Pac-12 bond. Um, we talked a lot about kind of sports and just a lot of areas that we played in. Um, but, yeah, I think the one thing that jumps out that's really similar to Case is, like, he's definitely just not afraid to tell you what he thinks, whether it's good or bad. Um I remember going into his office one time and I was in a kind of a hitting slump. And at that time I was feeling a little sorry for myself. So he called me in, you know, maybe I'm thinking to give me a little pep talk or something. 
And uh, he brings up tape of a game, and it's a base that I had to right field, and the right fielder overthrows it and, like, throws it to third. Um, there's a runner that went first to third. Um, and he would talk about hitting it all. He goes, hey, like, you know, okay, what, are you, what are you thinking here? You know, you didn't even look like you're trying to get second. Like, what is that? Like, that's unacceptable. Mm. And I'm like, like, damn, like, you know, I'm still a rookie. <laughs> like, I, you know, I'm still I'm, I'm feeling kind of down right now. Uh, you know, I thought I was going to get a little pep talk there, but. I, was, I told him straight up, I was like, you know, Tito, like, I haven't gotten hit in a little bit, so I got the first on that hit, and I was just kind of patting myself on the back. And, I mean, he was awesome with it. He was just like, hey, like, you know, I, I get that. I totally get that, but, you know, we're still trying to win ball games, you know, like, getting that, that next at bat or that next base is huge because I think after that, uh, Hosey grounds a double play, and we don't get that running from third. So it's just those little things. Like, he's not going to, you know, pump you up just to make you feel good. You know, he's always going to keep you accountable, and I, that is really reminiscent of, of Case in a lot of ways. All right, let's take time out from our conversation. This is fantastic with Stephen Kwan. Reminds you that this podcast is brought to you all season long by the OSU Beaver app, OSU Mobile. And it is in partnership with your local Toyota dealers. OSU Beavers Mobile, available now for free in the Apple App Store and Google Play Store. Allows fans to manage all game day ticket needs, including purchase and entry. Fans can also use the app to transfer tickets to friends for access to game day parking by downloading Beaver Nation can experience exclusive discounts and deals and have the opportunity to win exclusive prizes and participate in app-only game activations. So make sure you've downloaded the app today. And just as we have celebrated and continue to Stephen, uh, celebrate Stephen's major league career, Stephen Kwan, Daniel Robertson came to Oregon State, finished out his collegiate career, became a major league baseball player, and came back and earned his degree online thanks to the Oregon State eCampus. So be like uh, Daniel Robertson, do what he did, learn more, getting your degree at ecampus.oregonstate.edu. And Toyota has also partnered with uh, Oregon State Athletics in the creation of the first-ever official fan club for pets. Your favorite pets can become part of Benny's Buddies, and they'll receive an official social media filter, leashes, treats, toys, game tickets, and so much more. Our thanks to Toyota and Oregon State for the creation of Benny's Buddies. Go to osubeavers.com slash Benny's Buddies. And also brought to you in part by Fearless Campaign. The, the, uh, this uh, podcast is made possible by Fearless in partnership with Toyota. In honor of current, past, and future female role models and OSU student-athletes, we are excited to announce a new initiative, Fearless. Women of Oregon State Athletics. Fearless recognizes the excellence of our female student-athletes educates our community about the many ways OSU athletics and our women's programs have redefined excellence in women's sports and encourages Beavers everywhere to give to the future of women's athletics at OSU. To learn more, go to OurBeaverNation.com slash Fearless. And thank you for Toyota for helping bring this sponsorship of Fearless to life. Stephen, I wondered, though, after your incredible start to your major league career, record-setting opening weekend and the way you were hitting out of the gate, then May came and you said, then that was a time it was almost like survival. What a, You know, okay, that baseball can do that to you. Was his demeanor, Terry Francona's demeanor in that time, though, what you needed in terms of, hey, we believe in you, kid. Don't we? Like Casey used to tell you, I believe in you, Stephen, right now, maybe more than you believe in yourself. Yeah, no, absolutely. I think the biggest thing was he never changed the way he treated me. I think I was so sensitive to kind of like every shift in like what people were saying, how things were. Um, obviously, Case had the utmost faith in me, and he never wavered from that. He never 
lost faith in me or try to like, you know, hype me up anymore. It was just like consistent. Like, I believe in you. This is what you have to do. Um, Tito was the same way. You know, he, he didn't talk to me like, Hey, like, I know you're stressing a little bit. We're going to move you down a little bit. Or, Hey, like, you know, you're not hitting as well. Let's get a bun down. It was just, he put me out there every day, had me suit up, put me in the outfield and expected me to get the job done. Uh, and I appreciated that because again, kind of step back and it's like, okay, well, if he's not worried about it, then, you know, why should I worry about it? Why should I make up these storylines of like what's going on? Like if he's got way more feel than I do, he understands the game. If he thinks things are going to go fine, then I should believe that same thing. So yeah, again, very reminiscent of, of what case was like. Stephen Kwan, our guest, Cleveland Guardians left fielder, gold glove winner, joining us here on this edition of the Beaver Sports Podcast. Okay, so along the lines of what you're, we were just talking about, but back to, and on a different level, the looking over the shoulder, and you say it took till August and, and all of that. It seems like, I would say, would you agree with this? It's a bit philosophical, but if you're a, a rookie coming in, you're just thinking you might make the club, you might not. If you did, you get sent down. Whatever you're just you, you not the expectations of what your your rookie season was. Then when May came around, you're batting 173 after that great start. I would say that the the biggest thing that happened to you last year would be that you bounced back from that rather than just fell into the trap of what your thought process was going into it. You could have easily done that and got sent back down and been a part of that that cliche, but the biggest thing that happened was bouncing back from that. How do you feel about that? Yeah, no, absolutely. Um, and I, yeah, I mean, in my head, I was going through the whole carousel of things. Like I went, you know, I was like trying to resist it and be like, okay, I don't want to get sent down. And you go to the bargaining phase. And I'm like, okay, well now it's okay. If I get sent down, it's all part <laughs> of it. And then, you know, complete dread. and like, Oh, what if this is the last time you get the bigs? Like I went through that whole mm-hmm. cycle of, of, of going down. And I think the biggest thing on that was I had some really good veteran leaders on that team. We were obviously really young, but we had a couple older guys who had been through the ringer. Um, it was one of them was Austin Hedges. He was our catcher, our starting catcher, and me and him had developed a really cool relationship. Um, kind of hung out a little bit in New York. Took me out to like a really nice dinner. Um, all these kind, you know, all this, all those kind of things. And I remember after one game, he can kind of see that I was I was wearing the game on my uh, on my shoulders. I was a little down, and it was just kind of I wasn't myself. And, I remember he called me over to see him on the plane and we were just kind of talking and it was, it was funny. You know, I, I didn't need anything super philosophical. It was just kind of hearing him say like, Hey, like you're a really good ball player. Like everything's going to be fine. Like everything's going to work out. You're going to do just fine. If you keep just doing what you're doing, like don't change anything, just keep doing what you're doing and everything's going to be fine. And just hearing like an older guy say like, it's going to be okay. Was just like the biggest thing for me. Cause I feel like, again, I'll, making a story up in my head of, you know, everybody knows I'm about to get sent down. Like people are talk- aren't, aren't talking to me anymore. Like not, everybody's not as excited to like see me at the ball field anymore. Like they must know something I don't. Mm-hmm. But I was, I was just you know, distorted in, in my understanding of that. And then just hearing an older guy say like, it's going to be okay. Like that was one of the, the biggest things I needed. So getting accepted onto the team and people, you know, wanting me to do well, um, that was the biggest thing. Another guy, Anthony ghost, uh, he said the same thing. Like, um, just keep plugging away. Like we see what you're doing with your at bats. You know we respect that as a staff. Like we're watching you do, go through it, and you know you're going to be just fine, kid. Like keep going. So a lot of the older guys were able to kind of pick me up when I needed the most. Stephen Quan, our guest on this edition of the Beaver Sports Podcast. We see your approach. The, we see your at bats. Your approach to your at bats. People would tell you keep doing it. You're out, you're, you're doing things the right way. Stephen, the development of your style and approach as a hitter. 
How did it evolve? How did Oregon State help you in that respect? Who helped you? And then as you've moved on and continued with an approach, tell us just how important having an approach with each at-bat is to you and your growth and the big year you just had. Yeah, no, I think it was definitely, I mean, obviously Tyler Graham worked with me from freshman year to, to junior until that last day and still does, but he was kind of the one who cultivated that idea of, of I mean, just be a nuisance at the plate, be a pest, you know, see some pitches, you have some great hand-to-eye, just do whatever you can to get on base. And luckily, that's been able to translate to big leagues. And I also say luckily, I am kind of the, the size I am and my profile is the way I am. Like, I'm really not able to hit the home runs. Like, I know people try to hit home runs and they try to do all this slug and everything, but, like, in a sense, I really can't even do that if I if I wanted to. So with that, not even restriction, but that, just that, that, that fact, I just try to do what I can, get on base, work counts, um, again, set the table for the guys behind me. I got some great guys behind me. So just get, get on base was, is the biggest thing. I think um, Case giving me that responsibility of being that leadoff hitter for, you know, obviously, again, we had great guys behind me. All I had to do was get on base and they would, they would hit me in. Um, having that kind of environment to set up for the big leagues um, allowed my transition to be much easier than I think if I didn't go to Oregon State. So to follow that up in this day and age of home runs and strikeouts, uh, are you and Nick in Chicago, Nick Madrigal, kind of a breath of fresh mm-hmm. air to some of the older managers and players like, yeah, you know, this is where it's going, but we still want this old school game. We need you to get on base because that's exactly what you guys do. Yeah, I'm sure. I'm sure it is. And especially, like you said, with, with the kind of game shifting to strikeouts and home runs, like that's what teams um, scout for. And that's kind of what their game plan revolves around. So when you kind of throw a wrench in that and you have a guy, you know, who tries to work counts, who just tries to spoil pitches and get the next guy on. Like, again, I remember during that talk, Austin Hedges was telling me, you know, he hates hitters like me because, you know, you're not going to chase, you're not going to, you know, swing and miss on something. And then if you leave something in the zone, you know, you might get hurt. Like those are the guys that are the most annoying to deal with. Um, you know, the guys with the big holes in there, you know, if you don't execute a pitch and you make a mistake and you go to the home run, they can live with that. But, you know, sometimes you you make your pitch, but then, you know, I've seen Nick do it all the time. There's a, you know, great slider away, and he'll just cover the whole play, shoot a line, drive the full hole. It's like, okay, well, you, you did the pitch that you wanted, and you still, you know, got punished for that. Like, I know that's really frustrating for, for pitchers, and I think we do a good job of, of just creating havoc while we're out there. How much did you feel, Stephen, and I wonder, too, about Cleveland and the fans and the Guardians fans? You were loved by Beaver Nation, but certainly on a smaller scale, although when you go to the big stage of the College World Series, you, it may even approximate a big league feel in terms of how the stands look and, and the, the fervent nature of a fan base. But you were clearly, you ingratiated yourself early with the Guardians fans with the way you played. Did you feel their love? Tell me a little bit about what's it like to be a big leaguer, a baseball player in front of the big league fans? Yeah, no, it's definitely really cool. I remember uh, very, very well our opening day at Cleveland. Uh, We were playing the Giants and uh, the sellout crowd. It was unbelievable. Like the place holds a really good amount of people and the, the cries were deafening. I know next door it was a quick and loans with the Cavs play and they're playing the Hawks in the playing tournament. So I just remember the, the peak of Cleveland sports. Like there was a huge amount of people in the area, super loud. And then, uh, the next day it was a little, it wasn't, it wasn't quite like that at all. Um, it was, it was definitely a little bit of a, a shock kind of seeing the big difference as opposed to, you know, Oregon state, um, 
it was packed out every day. It was unbelievable fans. Like you see the same people every day. Um, it was a little different getting used to that, but the biggest thing that stuck with me in Cleveland was kind of going into that May, uh, that the month of May. Obviously, I wasn't playing as well as I wanted, and then I was being really hard on myself, and I was thinking, oh, like, you know, the fans don't have anything they should cheer for for me. Like, you know, I got to earn their mm-hmm. their trust and all this stuff. And, uh, you know, every day they would still come out and cheer for me, and mm-hmm. I think they were also instrumental in kind of helping me get back because I've seen in other places where, you know, players don't do very well and they get booed by their own fan base. Like, that's tough to go through. Like, you're obviously putting your heart and soul out there, and then to, you know, get booed and, you know, disrespected at your home place is, is, is tough. So, I think harshly, I was kind of expecting that same thing when I wasn't doing well. But Cleveland, you know, they didn't pack it out every day. Like, the people that showed up were still really loud. Um, they loved their baseball. So, I appreciate that. And even in the same sense, like, I don't, I think Cleveland is a really cool city, especially because, you know, the media coverage isn't huge. But, you know, I kind of, you know, I kind of like it that way. Um, it's, you just get, you're just there to play baseball. There's no, there's no, like, media trying to spin stories, blaming anybody, like, asking for somebody's head. Um, they're just really happy when good baseball is being played. They want to find out that you know the people on the team are really good people. Um, yeah, I, I really I've enjoyed the Cleveland experience so far. Now, were you are you at a point where you can't go to the grocery store? I mean, what, what's it like <laughs> when you go out? Yeah, I will say in downtown, uh, it's definitely a little difficult, especially um, not very many uh, Asians in Cleveland. So, and then I like to hang out with um, my buddies Will Benson and Tristan McKenzie. Chris McKenzie is this like six four, you know, African American skinny dude, and Will Benson looks like he should be a linebacker for the uh, or a tight end for uh, the Browns. So <laughs> when we walk around, we, we really stick out a little bit. So it is definitely uh, a little difficult when we walk out, but uh, for the most part, it's it's not too bad. Um, I'm out in Chicago right now, and I know I'm just another I'm just another dude out here. Luckily, I'm a very you guys know me. I'm a very unassuming body, so people don't expect anything. So. I, I happen to prefer it like that. that. That's true, but you know fans are fans. So if you're in Cleveland, somebody's got to say, that's Stephen Kwan. Right. right. At some point. Yeah, especially and after, game, after games, it's definitely a little more, uh, I'll, get, I'll get noticed a little more, but for the most part, it's really not too bad. Last few minutes with Stephen. Stephen, I wonder, too, you talk about the Guardians fans having your back, in a sense, continuing to cheer you on even during tough times. How much did you run into Beaver Nation at ballparks who would yell, hey, Stephen, go Beavs, whether you're in Cleveland or Seattle or Oakland or wherever. Did you get a little bit of that along the way? Yeah, definitely. There was a lot at, uh, in Arizona, actually, during spring training, which was really cool. Um, there was actually some people that still show up to spring training games that would go to the surprise mm-hmm. uh, tournament. Um, I kind of recognized them by face. I don't remember their names, but... Mm-hmm. Just seeing them again, you know, hearing the Gobies and make all time. This is really cool. Taking some pictures with them is really cool. Um, Seattle was obviously awesome. Uh, got to see Case up there, actually, and a couple other people. Um, but, yeah, the West Coast, the Oregon State love is, is huge. And then, like, every so often, there'll be an Oregon State fan in just a random ballpark. I had met one in, uh, actually, at Cleveland who had said that they went to Minnesota to see Trev. Mm-hmm. Um, they saw me. Uh, they saw Drew in Tampa, and then they were going to make their way to go see Nick um, in Chicago. So there was a little Beaver fan doing a little uh, cross-country tour to the other Beavers, which was super cool. But, I mean, it's it's super cool just, you know, when you're least expecting it, you hear a go Beavers out, and then all these memories <laughs> come flooding back. That kind of brings you back and kind of humbles you and 
reminds me of where I, where I come from. So I, I always appreciate that. And the, the last couple of things for me on this, and then we really appreciate your time, Stephen, but the, the, did you and Adley, you who finished, here's Julio. Julio was a deserving winner and was the American League Rookie of the Year, but here is your teammate from Oregon State, Adley finishing second and you finishing third in the Rookie of the Year. We were all bursting with pride and happiness for you guys. Did you guys run into each other a little bit along the way and just and, and enjoy together just the wow kind of, hey, this is a lot of fun and we're doing this together. We did it at Oregon State. Did you have moments like that with Adley this past uh, this past year? Yeah, definitely. No, it was it was really cool. Um, I actually we played at Baltimore. It was like ten days after he got called up. We got to get breakfast, and it really just it didn't even come up, you know. Like, oh my god. Well, I guess for like a really brief period, we were talking about like, you know, big league super cool. But like for the most part, we're just catching up again. You know, talking about family, talking about you know how things are going, you know where you live in, how's Baltimore, like kind of just catching up and. Just like being old teammates again, which is super cool. Um, but yeah, I, I'd be lying if I said we didn't talk about baseball at all. Like we were, we we had a couple times where we're like, man, like how that travel though, like travels off, the hotels are unbelievable, like just stuff like that. But just kind of having that, like you know, mutual respect, obviously from teammates, but then just kind of that understanding, you know, like we're both doing it, we're both doing a great job. Um, it doesn't have to get mentioned, but I I know I'm at least I'm I'm super happy for him and and proud of Adley for all he's done. I mean, he's done it his whole life and inconsistently deserves it so it's always fun talking to him and then when I came back um, that brief period at Oregon State I saw him uh, at a football game so again we kind of just chalked it up I brought my girlfriend um, and he got to meet her and they're just talking but it's fun uh, when baseball doesn't come up too much just because obviously it takes up a whole year of our lives pretty much and just kind of getting back to being teammates and just friends was is, is the most rewarding part of that couple of last quick things from me. Does does 2017 or anything with Oregon State baseball or Pat Casey or anything like that, has that come up in your minor league time or uh, in the majors? Like, wow, you, I remember that 17 year you guys had or anything 56 like that. 56 and 6. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. I brag about that all the time. Whenever he barely – somebody doesn't mention college, and I'm like, well, I had a pretty good college. <laughs> uh, I love talking about it whenever I get a chance to. Just I'll be talking about all the hitters, pitchers we had how great of a team we had. And I was talking about in 2018, um, how great it was. Like I'm hitting right now with a guy from, uh, who went to university of Virginia. Um, and obviously they had won it a couple of years before we did, but, um, it's just kind of that like understanding of like, yeah, like college season stuff too. But like, you know, we had some dogs on our team, you know, we, we found ways to win every time, you know, we had what was it, two 23 game win streaks. Like yeah. some of the people I played with uh, now who went to college, they never even won 23 games. This season. We had two of those, <laughs> Right. Win streaks in a row, like yeah, it's just unbelievable. You know, name dropping all the people we played with. It's like I have so much pride, like like a proud dad almost, of <laughs> just being like, yeah, like I got to play with this person, this person. Yeah, um, it's it's those were the best days, obviously, in my life. Like I always tell everybody. <laughs> um, so anytime I can mention that again is, is super fun. And lastly, I think Beaver fan would appreciate this question: How does the the Guardians marketing work in that? Do you get to have your own walk up music, and is it ABBA? <laughs> <laughs> um, I do get to have my own uh, my own music, but uh, it is no longer Abba. Um, <laughs> again, I I just I didn't know that the song was so popular. So again, like I thought I was picking a song that wasn't very well known, and then when it came out, it became this whole thing. So it's a part of me now. It's a part of me forever. And uh, 
I wouldn't change it for the world, but I don't think Abba will ever be uh, will ever make its way <laughs> to the. Uh, it makes for a good <laughs> story. Stadium. It makes for a good story. Though. Stephen, it is a joy yeah. to talk to you again. Thank you for making time for us, as you always do. We hope to touch base with you during the season, and really excited for you. Uh, for year two, after the amazing rookie year you had, we're all very proud of you, Stephen, and thanks for making time for us. We appreciate it. Yeah, absolutely. Thanks, Mike. Thanks, John. I appreciate you guys the time. Thank you, Stephen. Stephen Kwan, our podcast guest. Oregon State and BECU have teamed up to celebrate the 50th anniversary of Title IX this year. The campaign focuses on celebrating the great stories of many of the women student-athletes at Oregon State through the decades. To hear these stories, visit osubeavers.com. We really enjoyed the conversation with Stephen Kwan. Thank you for joining us on this edition of the Beaver Sports Podcast. This has been the Beaver Sports Podcast, presented by the Fearless Campaign in partnership with Toyota. The preceding has been a Learfield presentation on the Beaver Sports Network. Some people just know the best rate for you is a rate based on you with Allstate. Not one based on the driver who treats the highway like a racetrack and the shoulder like a passing lane. Why pay a rate based on anyone else? Get one based on you with DriveWise from Allstate. Not available in Alaska or California. Subject to terms and conditions. Rates are determined by several factors which vary by state. In some states, participation in DriveWise allows Allstate to use your driving data for purposes of rating. While in some states, your rate could increase with high-risk driving. Generally, safer drivers will save with DriveWise. Allstate Fire and Casualty Insurance Company and affiliates Northbrook, Illinois.